Oh, man. Um, okay, so your head. You, <laughs> real quick, walk me through this shit again. Um, you were, number one, uh, okay, like, so... like, hold on, shame on you. You were sick and still going to cut people's hair instead of taking care of your damn self. So, well, let, let's preface this a little bit. I started getting sick, like, Saturday night of... Uh, the NARBC Arlington weekend. So oh, thanks, like I was already, sharing. <laughs> well, I told you. I was like, hey, let's get some decongested on the way. Oh no, I guess it was Sunday because we were heading out to San Antonio. Oh, that's right. It was Sunday though. You did want to get decongestant. Yeah, I was stuffed up and you know, I thought I kind of felt that coming on maybe the day before, but not all the way. Um and yeah, so uh pretty sick when I woke up the next day in Salt Lake City you know, pretty fluish, thought I might have COVID. So I took a couple tests. They both came back negative. Uh, but then we heard Melissa ended up coming down with COVID. So yeah, I'm pretty convinced I was fighting off COVID or something uh, like fluish. So I'm going to go back to my original statement, which was should have been taking care of yourself instead of cutting people's hair. Yeah, no. Um, the first day, Monday, uh, we had a, a let's see. It was a, a little just community event where we go out and cut hair for these homeless people out in Salt Lake near the airport. Um, I couldn't miss that. I don't, you know, I wore a mask and I just let my students take care of the people out there that day. So I got to sit back and just do that that morning. And then work was pretty good with me. Just like, you know, hey, if you feel like you can't come in, don't come in. But of course, I was like, ah, if I feel like I can be up and around, like, I'll wear a mask and observe as much as I can. So I think there were a couple days that I went in for, you know, four hours or so and then just called it, you know. Uh, and then after that, uh, I had just a few clients over the weekend at the salon and I figured, okay, well, come Thursday, I, should, I shouldn't be passing it to anyone. It should be five or six days out. So um, yeah, went in for two clients on Thursday evening. Uh, only spent like two hours at the school. So I didn't really spend too much time at the school. Uh, did my first client. Uh, I was a little bit more quiet than usual. So I guess that was throwing off one of my coworkers. She knew something was up. Which, by I, the way, you got you got great barber chat when you, you cut hair. I can, I can say that from experience now. Yeah, I, I was noticing it a little bit. Um, and then... Uh, my friend was getting his hair cut afterwards. Uh, he came in and, uh, I was just cleaning up. I decided, Hey, I'm going to go blow my nose. So I'm not sniffling the whole time while cutting your hair. So I went into the bathroom and blew my nose and <laughs> this, this will explain why I hit my elbow. Uh, but, uh, we got new sweaters in and my bald head was all fuzzy so when I put the new sweater on, it picked up all these fuzzies and I noticed it in the mirror. So I'm starting to like wipe off my head and stuff and kind of flailing my arms around. We have these big metal shelves. Can I, can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. How long did it take for you to get into the habit of saying I was wiping my head instead of wiping my hair? Oh, I don't know. I just, I, I figured like that would, I feel like I would slip up on that if I became bald. I've been bald years. So okay, fair. All right, continue. So yeah, flailing my arms around trying to get the shit off my head. 
and I just take the people's elbow down onto the corner of uh, one of these metal racks. And, you know, I, I hit my funny bone just so hard that it was like one of those, you know, grit your teeth and just hope for the best kind of situations. So like I was doing that and I was just like, oh God, this is, I I was just like, wow, this is really, really bad. Did it lock you up? I I can't even remember that. Because dude, I I've hit it so hard where I've locked up. I can't open my hand for like a minute. I know I was just holding it and like trying not to like scream because like I had my coworkers out there, my friend out there. I didn't want to like cause a scene until I caused a scene. Um, and so I, I got the last thing I remember is I get down onto my knees cause I was just in so much pain. And that's the last thing I remember until just waking up, uh, in kind of a panic, staring at my feet on the ground of the bathroom. I uh, didn't really know where I was at. And so I hear my coworker yelling my name outside the door. So I get up, I get out of the bathroom, um, just in kind of a daze and she was just like, Oh my God, what happened? She, and then she was like, Oh, sh- you're bleeding everywhere. And everywhere yeah, it, it was bad. I, I'm surprised like with, with the, the pictures you sent me, I'm surprised there wasn't just like a decent puddle of blood that you were laying on. Uh, there was, Oh, okay. So you just were that days waking up. You didn't even realize you're, I didn't, blood. I didn't see it. Yeah. It was all over. I can imagine neck. it looks like a horror scene yeah sorry i'm making a joke of this i'm glad you're fine i'm glad you're good but dude yeah it was it was definitely scary uh yeah i didn't so so nathan has seven stitches in the back of his head because he hit his funny bone yeah uh doctors i wish i would have remembered the name of the nerve um i want to say that they call it the vagus nerve or something along those lines that sounds right um but they said yeah if if it gets triggered bad enough like you can faint from it so well there you go yeah uh this is where i really miss having hair yeah didn't have anything to cushion the fall nothing just literally i don't even know tile i'm guessing but no just concrete just concrete yeah that that, kind of worst case scenario Right, and I can also see just kind of like the studio kind of vibe, right? The concrete kind of fits the vibe of the place because I know there's brick on the inside, right? Yeah. All right, I'm I'm going off on a tangent here, but anyways, glad you're okay. Um, concussion symptoms? How are you like all good now? Yeah, definitely was concussed, uh, but yeah, the last few days we're I've... recording. <laughs> Yeah, we're recording. I have my headphones on, like it's not on my stitches, so that's nice. Right. Uh, I'm I'm just more concerned about when I get to get back on my bike. Um, <laughs> oh, you're not you're not gonna go this upcoming Thursday? Well, I missed last Thursday because that's when it happened. So yeah. that was the biggest bummer of all of it for me. I'm sitting at the hospital going, I can't yeah. ride my bike tonight. Just just <laughs> just just wear a helmet. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. And, and, I feel uh, like I should wear a helmet just in life now. Right, walking around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it'll, that that kind of stuff will show you just how, you know, fragile our lives are. Uh, it's it's scary when you have to get reminders like that. But right, any trip to the hospital, and I know a lot of people are probably listening, and they're like, uh, you know, stitches. That's happened to me a hundred times. Like totally. Like I get that. It, you know, it's not like 
Nathan had pneumonia and was in the hospital for a week. And, but at the end of the day, like you, you wake up not knowing where you are and then you go to the hospital and you're getting stitches, you know, especially if that stuff hasn't happened to you a lot. Like that's, yeah, I don't know. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let, let, I want to first off episode 62. Welcome everyone. And, um, I, 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 you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about today. I kind of want to just recap Arlington a bit and and just kind of talk about, uh, you know, getting to meet you and that kind of stuff. But if you guys are listening for the first time, or if you are listening for the second or third or fourth or fifth time, but you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification button as well. Um, so that way, you know, when we release episodes, although we release them every Friday, um, in the morning, uh, and, uh, yeah, again, want to always give a shout out to our Patreon members um, down there. Patreon.com, the Retick Lounge. We have a growing community and a Discord that's always popping. So if you guys are feeling like you want to hop on board uh, to talk Retics or, I mean, a bunch of other stuff. I mean, I think today the chat was popping off and I think maybe like one out of the eight conversations were Retick related. Um, yeah, love the community. Appreciate all of you for the support. Whether you're just getting into retics or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stewart Design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows on Morph Market and are all over social media. Sometimes it may feel possible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Designs help small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brands for US Arc, Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with retics through first working with Garrett Hartle. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. Stewart Design can help if you're just getting started or you're ready to take things to the next level. You're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows. You don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd. And you want to make your own way doing what you love. And also, you have big ideas and know your business is special, but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake and have a conversation. To learn more or get started, visit stuartdesignbrands.com or call them at 855 855- SD logos. Clear brands own markets. Stuart Design helps create them. If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house are animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animal's comfort and well-being. Visit focuscubedhabitats.com for your animal's caging needs. Again, visit focuscubedhabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. 
Visit vivtechproducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit vivtechproducts.com and use our affiliate code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Looking for the perfect accessories for your hatchlings or juvenile retics? Look no further than Heli Guy Serpents. Our sponsor, Chris Sexton, is coming in hot with an amazing 3D printer, creating top-notch perches and other caging accessories for your beloved pets. Enrich your retics environment with their high-quality products. Use our promo code TRL10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Visit them today at heliguyserpents.com and start giving your pets the best. Heli Guy Serpents, the premier source for 3D printed caging accessories. Again, that's www.heliguyserpents.com and use our promo code TRL10 for 10% off all of your 3D printed accessories today. So yeah, I mean, you want to jump into just our, our quick little weekend at Arlington? I mean, I feel like we didn't do the show as normal as I think both of us usually do our shows. Yeah, so like I would definitely call this an Arlington recap. I'm not going to call it an Arlington NARVC recap, <laughs> right? Because at the end of the day, I think we were there for three hours on Saturday. Um, Got to say hi to like the people we knew, but like we didn't get to explore as much as I hoped. And we, we had a few Patreon members there as well when I was going back and looking at who was going and like we didn't even like... Who was there? Um don't make me go back into my messages. There were well, people there. I spoke to them. <laughs> are, are you spoke to them at the show? No, 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 no. But people were, it was on the discord today. Someone said that they went and I talked to like eight people. So sorry, I'm terrible with names. Um, but um, when it comes to like, so Nathan arrived there Thursday afternoon, evening. I arrived there like late, like I got to Phil's at midnight. Uh, and then we recorded last week's episode and we were up to four in the morning. We kind of slept in and then. We barely had time to say hi to each other before we started just setting up. So Right, right. Um, it I was, mean, it wasn't, it was, it was, it wasn't it, as bad as I thought. Like it was pretty comfortable just right off the bat. I didn't, you know, it didn't feel like meeting anyone new, but. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, you were taller than I imagined. That's good. Right. Ladies, Ladies. tall. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, it was one of those things where we started recording so soon that I, I remember sitting down on the couch next to you when we were going to record. And then when we started recording and then I looked over to you and you were like that close to me, I was like, oh shit, like he's here. Like this is, this is real <laughs> life. Um, that's like kind of when it hit me, but um. Yeah, then Friday, you know, we slept in and then we we got a bite to eat and uh what else did we did we do anything on we Friday? We just went no, we just went to the liquor store and then went over to Bill's. Yeah, yeah, we got food, liquor store and then the mayor's house. Some um, of the first to get there and some of the last to leave. Exactly. It um, was fun. It was yeah, that's a great time and I could talk about that for hours, but uh um, Oh, I'm going to be practicing cornhole until next year. Good. Good, good, good. That not yeah, that's what I want to hear. Um and uh yeah, so then we we woke up on Saturday and uh Adler is uh Adler Romero, who was on last week's episode, he's working on a amazing like docuseries, you know, cinematography type of thing of you know, kind of what these animals give us and bring to us. Um 
check out his uh youtube serpents eclipse reptiles uh he has um mine is up he just posted bills up um he's doing a great job with that um so we went there to record that and we got done with that at like two and then 45 minute drive to the show yeah well and how about adler's just documentation of you know candid shots from around the weekend oh yeah i mean the guy the guy is a, a like when it comes to art and creativity I, I have yet to see something that he hasn't been able to do yeah i mean guys i don't think we state this enough on our podcast but adler does so much work for this show and getting to see him work and what he produces this weekend firsthand like if you need anything multimedia done to enhance your brand make sure you're hitting up adler he he'll definitely be able to add some value to you yeah and uh what, what's cool is me and him kind of have like this older little brother relationship where you know yeah, I, I, I like the wrestling the, match yeah, in the morning right literally in the morning at like 10 and we're hungover um <laughs> But, um, so I always like to, I can tell when he's in like his zone, his like artistic zone and I'll always fuck with him and he gets pissed. Um, but yeah, so we did that and then we went to the show. Right. And then we stayed, uh, at the auction after the show. Um, well, we pre-partied the auction. We, we pre-partied the auction, but, but yeah, so we hung out with Ryan McVeigh, you know, shout out to VidTech, one of our sponsors. Thank you for always like, even though Arlington in Texas is not your home, like just being able to hang out at your booth kind of make us feel at home um it's funny how like i feel like ryan and erica both provide this sense of hospitality even when they're not when, when you're not at their place <laughs> and to almost anyone that talks to them like anybody they, they are the warmest people they're they're really cool right um so yeah getting getting to see ryan is always like seeing like a, a long you know spread cousin or something like that someone right. that's like across the country so um yeah always cool to see ryan oh what else was i gonna say i don't know you, you keep going for a second but it, it'll come back to me yeah so then we left we we didn't stay for the full show oh by the way just uh, more people we I, I i don't know about you nathan but got to meet one of our patreon members as well as just a long uh, i wouldn't say long time but jordan carpenter heartland reptiles that's what it was thank right. you yeah um Got to meet him, um, and I wish we would have been able to spend a lot more time with him. But he, he dude. was so busy. He so I just want to give him like a massive shout Bro. out because he hustled his ass off to even it was make any of this happen. Uh, Jordan went down, uh, drove his trailer hours and hours with his you know beautiful from, cages. Yeah, from Kansas over to Dallas. Texas. Yeah, yeah. So drives down. No promise of having a table. All he did not have are... a table. Yeah. All like he tables didn't have are table. sold out. So he goes, I'm going to go see if anyone doesn't have their table this year or whatever. And, you know, worse comes to worse. Uh, I'll talk with people. I'll advertise and I'll show them my, uh, my enclosures in the trailers. And shows up and just showing up and having that attitude paid off for him. He, he got a an amazing spot in the expo right, right next to VivTech. Uh, he had Bob, the Turkey vulture right next to him. So he has a crowd drawn in the entire time and, you know, just beautiful cages that could not help, but having most people stop by and ask a little bit about them. So I also want to say this, um, 
I, I want to touch real quick before we kind of move forward. But like, I, I when I thought of like what Jordan did, right? Uh, for those of you that don't know, and I'm not going to give any specifics or anything, but for someone, you know, Jordan who invested so much money, time, uh, planning to create a type of enclosure that has never been created before. Um, and then with, you know, obviously all of this business debt, the dude is like, I'm going to travel eight hours on the road, not even guaranteed that anyone will be able to see my cages. Um, it, it reminds me of the movie, like pursuit of happiness, like, like, Oh, I was, I was thinking more like the founder. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Um, but just one of those things where like, I don't know, man, I, and maybe it's, it's just like in today's day and age, especially with like, you know, maybe new retic breeders, you know, they, they go all in and, and they get these animals and think one plus one equals two. And, but, but I don't know, there's just, there's something that like literally inspired me, um, uh, about what he did like that takes that's a whole different type of work ethic believing in what you are uh making and manufacturing and and on top of that he does it with a smile on his face even though i've had multiple phone calls where the dude is just pissed off and he is he is exhausted i mean he 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 told us his little story at bills about you know some of the the back and forth it took to get him that spot but you know, ultimately, ultimately, uh, you know, he put on a happy face and, you right. know, didn't, didn't try to take anything personally and it all worked out in his favor in the end, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I don't want to like, like, well, focus... wait, 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 Lucas, we're, we're talking about Jordan and all this stuff. You brought home one of it, his cages. What are you thinking about it so far? How is it yeah, fitting so... into that tiny garage that's so filled that... to the freaking brim? I, I moved some stuff around and everything first of all it's 400 square feet how big's your room buddy and mine's tiny it's smaller than your garage i promise you that but it is not as packed as your garage so i i i moved everything you made me realize i have so much more cage space in here. well i i want you oh yeah i mean it, it's all it's tetris it's a game of tetris um but but even with that i just want to i'm defending myself here i still have like six feet behind me when I open up a retake enclosure. So yeah, that's the thing is when, when I create a wall of cages around here, like I don't want to put one by the windows. So right. probably not back there or like just off to my left here. Um, especially in the summer, I run a, an AC unit over here. Oh, so, yeah. um, but you know, I only, I, I, I don't think I'll have that six feet space. I'll have it's, maybe it, four, five. That's a, that's a luxury because I'll tell you what. I know I the way that I kept my snakes upstairs in the little room that I have. See, uh, I didn't get to go upstairs and see the studio. I know. Um, wait, no. The studio, I only, the, I only no, had the, the what, studio. In yeah, an hour and a half maybe, and we were moving cages into oh, the Oh, this is all and, downstairs? Yeah, this is in the guest bedroom downstairs. Oh, I thought for sure that was up upstairs. No, okay. my daughter my daughter sleeps upstairs. I can't record. Um, okay. and, and that's where our bedroom is too. My wife would probably shoot me if she heard us talking while she was trying to sleep. It was um, so, and, and that brings me into, I mean, the last day I kind of talked about it before the head injury story, but went over to your place and finally got to see the lab. Right. And, um, man, I'm, I'm bummed number one, because, um, number one, just Nathan was nodding off and passed out by the time we pulled up into my driveway. Um, <laughs> But we were just tired from a long drive, tired from a busy weekend. And yeah. every every snake that I wanted him to 
Like I really wanted him to hold the wild caught uh, female Kyle but she was like deep, like deep, deep in shed. Um, And um, I don't like to really mess with her when she's, she, she's become a sweetheart. And so I give her that, that space. (laughs) You're like, this is your time, right? This is your time. You don't want to be bothered. Um, No, my, uh, my Annery is getting to that cycling point. And when she's going through that food cycle, like, should I pause? No, no, no. I, I was. I want you to to continue, but I feel like I want to talk a lot about like just the current like new season up and coming and things like that. But okay. go for it. Uh, no, I'm just when when she starts getting that way, I start being coming just a little bit more hands off in terms of her keeping. Right. She she um, loves to buck. She loves to huff and puff and just you know put up a little bit of a fight. And you know if she's acting that uncomfortable while getting her out. I don't try to force the issue. Right. And she, and this is also like, I finally found a way to get her to not cycle this year. Cause she has cycled every year for me. Ooh. Even if, even if I don't, I finally found a way. And that was to just like literally feed her a jumbo rat every three, four weeks. <laughs> so just drastically decrease like, her meal size. Just yeah. Like caloric deficit. Yeah. And, um, but what I, I what, okay. you know, the last like month she has definitely, you know, food response has been increasing. I could tell that she wants to cycle, but also, um, she's doing that twitchy thing as well. Um, but fortunately I don't, I don't, she's definitely not going to cycle, but, um, what, what did you, I mean, obviously I, I feel it sucks because you came in and you saw like we moved everything in, but I mean, what did you think about the, the setup and the animals? Uh, it made me realize how many animals you had and, you know, it, it, thank God you have Sean. I mean, I will say like Sean has had to cut back to like about once a week now. And then when even he, that though is, I mean, it's, it's definitely a tremendous help and, and super thankful. But, um, I mean, there's, there's been, I would say a couple months ago, I, I, I went like two, three weeks without him and, and I was able to hold up the fort. Now I stay up later than usual, but like, I'm not going to let my animals suffer because I, you know, it, it's definitely, it's a luxury that I have Sean. Uh, he's amazing and he's a great asset and um, super helpful. Um, but yeah, I would be a little more tired if I didn't have him, but um, <laughs> yeah. And fortunately he's only a sophomore and I got him for three years. So <laughs> yeah, I, that, that shocked me too. I mean, it, it was dude. great meeting Sean. And then uh, on the ride out to the airport, I was like, wait, Lucas told me this kid was like young. And then I had to have him remind me how young Sean was. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Like, yeah, I thought he was two, three years older. Easy. What's amazing about him is how like. He's a he's, sponge. He absorbs everything. Um, and he's very he, mature. He knows he's a, wise a ton and he's 15. about these animals. Yeah, I mean, he's been now he's been with me for a little over a year, on average, three days a week. Um, and uh, he just he gets to hear my rants. He gets to hear me teach. He gets to hear every basically everything I've ever shared on this podcast and some. Um, and he absorbs it all. And he is always learning. Um, and the, the crazy thing is, is like when you talk like when you take a step back and talk about the grand scheme of reptiles in general. I can humbly say he knows more than me. Oh, I, I, I knew instantly that he, he is knew, so he smart. Knows he knows so me. much. And with, with how he works over there, I mean, and how many animals you have, I, I would say he has more handling experience than probably I do at this point. I mean, he's handled 
in numbers, far more hatchlings, far bigger animals than I do on a daily basis. So yeah, I mean, that, that kid's come a long way super fast. So yeah, uh, I mean, like, to, kudos to you, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, pre- you found, you found a good one. Oh, absolutely. I, I, and it was literally a church. Uh, so I have a handyman that goes to the church that's down the road here that I also go to. And, uh, he's like, Hey man, like I, there's some people at the church that, you know, uh, her son is just like a super nerd about reptiles and loves reptiles. And he'd love to come over and see them. And literally that Sunday he came over. Uh, and what's awesome is that he asked me, he's like, Hey, could I like come over and like, just like help out? He's like, I love retics. And I just, he had just discovered them from Garrett, um, oh, cool on YouTube. And I was like, really absolutely cool. like come over. And I did not think that this was going to turn out to where it, it became, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's to the point now that, you know, when I'm in the garage, um, besides my big and mostly grumpy Slayer, um, I'm fine with him taking out any animal by himself if I'm in that garage. I'm talking about F1 Philippines, a wild-caught Kalatoa, uh, Ternates, which if you guys who keep Ternates know when their food response is intense, like uh, the Halma Hera hatchlings or, or the <laughs> yearlings. Say, like, the Halmas. Dude, so he... see, I've never been around uh, any of these. Uh, are those Maluku? Yeah, the Halma Hera's and Ternates are Maluku. Yeah, yeah. So I've never been around any of the Maluku localities until I got to Phil's house the first oh, night. And he goes, here's my Halma Hera cage. And as soon as we get anywhere near it the thing's like a lightning bolt and just darting across the cage looking at us and i'm just like none of my snakes do that no what what is this thing (laughs) they're so they're quick they're methodical they are always hungry um i I told phil that Um, i don't know why you don't take a video of uh one of them doing that in the cage like getting all excited and use that instagram sound that's like he's a heat seeking <laughs> right. you know i don't know what the full thing is but um perfect I, I, for it i will say that we've worked because of the experiment with the female yeah um well and i didn't really see her she was up in her sky hide so she was I, in shed yep she literally shed that night um and then the male was also in shed too yeah, because that that was one snake I was excited to see because I now I knew the Halma's personalities, and so I was like, oh well, we have this focus cube habitat, we have this experiment that we've been doing in terms of socialization and trying to calm our snakes down in one way or another. And she didn't want to come out. Yep. I yeah, mean, she... I even kind of like tapped on the glass a little bit, opened the door, like yeah, tried Sean, to encourage. Sean. Sean yeah, Sean. Hook. Sean was poking her. No, and... so we didn't we didn't know where she was, and he's like, "Oh, he, she's probably in her sky hide." And then when we opened the door, and you know, we looked around. Typically, even in shed, when we open up that door, she'll at least poke her little nose out, but she wasn't. Yeah. So Sean had the hook, and he reached up and just he's like, "Oh yeah, I can feel her back here," and like even if you like tap her, like typically she would come out, um, even in shed. But no, I mean, uh, I will say that my. My male Hamahara in the rack, when I pull open the rack, he's very quick like Phil's, but he is very, um, once you get him out, very slow. They think a lot. Same with the female. Um, I, I absolutely love that locality. But So you got to see the Hamas. You got to see some turnates. Um, Kiowati. Uh, oh. So, I mean... Spencer, I'm going to I'm going to call you out because I could have seen Kiowati a long time ago, but oh, you're true. you're hard enough even though I'm in state to get me to come over. 
Um, but the guy's living his best life. <laughs> he is. He is, man. He's living it up. Uh, so I got to see Kiowati in person for the first time because for me, it, it, and this might be just a red-green colorblind thing where I can't distinguish the colors as well as maybe everyone else, but uh, I got to see Kiowati and a Kalatoa next to each other uh, for the first time. And I know what a Kalatoa is supposed to Clearly. look like in, in my eyes, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, at, le at least some range of what they look like, right? Yeah, yeah. So... In pictures, I was always like, eh, you like can't see a giant difference. I don't know why you would go with one over the other. And then I got to see Lucas's and the, the color saturation and just how the color is dispersed in that animal is totally different. Yeah, it's it's very easy when you have them side by side. Uh, but yeah, with pictures, I mean, if you're just flicking through uh, a social media, you know, you're, you're flipping through. You see a Kalatoa, and then again, you you come across a few pictures later a Kaiwadi. It's kind of, I mean, I could see where you're coming from. Again, I'm not a very fair person to have the conversation because I like um, yeah. weirdly obsessed with localities. Um, so I I pay attention to every new like if you look at the head structure and well, I think it's easy for you because you you get that hands on experience. You get that in person oh, yeah. experience all the time. You know, I get, you know, I'm working with beautiful animals, but they're mostly Kalatoa small gem pay crosses yeah you have beautiful morphs yeah um so yeah you got to come over see that and then you know adler and phil again shout out to phil and adler for you know uh coming over and they helped bring some more cages in um i want to give a shout out to focus cube one of our sponsors as well because they made me some custom uh beautiful like absolutely beautiful custom uh focus cube enclosures for my little for now small condor project um send me a picture of how you set up the rest of those cages by the way it's i i set them up to where everything there's space now but the the i know i, I know at least where the focus cubes are at i want to see the focus cubes that little stack that you have and then so, i want to see the the carpenter enclosure. What, once the um once the slayer lays i'm doing the final move around to get everything where i need it to be um okay yeah, the slayer is laying in a few days I, and that I'm so excited about. Yeah, me too. Hopefully she doesn't, dude. I'm gonna be heartbroken if she slugs out. But I'm, I'm, I'm almost like thinking she is. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, fingers crossed. I think she's gonna lay a good clutch. But you know, I'm mentally just preparing myself for the heartbreak so I don't cry. Yeah, I mean, they're notorious for laying bad clutches. So let's just notorious for slugging. Notorious for egg bound. Hey, All right, let's shut the hell up. Um, and we're getting too far away from talking about Focus Cubed yeah. anyway. Um, this was my first time meeting Stephen and Ashley. They're badass. They're amazing people. I mean, I, I kind of assume so with just how they conduct themselves online. Uh, all of my interactions with both Stephen and Ashley over uh, Messenger over the couple of years that I've been talking to them. So, uh, I mean, I want to hang out with them as much as I can when I'm out in Texas. They're oh. just great people. Without and what what you didn't and, get and that you didn't cage, get that heretic oh yeah dude you oh but, my god but before we go into that because I definitely feel like we need to go into that um but they you didn't even get to experience the Ashley and Stephen of the previous NARBC where they were up till two at Bills with us and drinking but they but they are I, still I feel like just with how our our night before went though like 
Oh, I'm glad. We yeah, wouldn't me have, too. We, ha- we would not have gone to the show at all if that would have happened at Bill's. Well, that well, that's why that's why Bill like that like I mean, Bill had a long night the night before with all the Condro people drinking everything. So Bill's like, dude, I was so happy everybody was out by like twelve. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Stephen, Ashley, uh, not only just thankful for for you know sponsoring us, but also just being great people. Um, they they did some custom enclosures for me that look absolutely just I, I could not be happier with them. And then the Heretic version four. They've been working. I've been following this step by step, and in each variation and version, and that's the thing that I love about Focus Cube, is, you know, on Heretic 1.0 or 2.0, most other people would have been like, "All right, this is this is this is good. This is good, right?" Like even version one was just amazing, but they keep taking it a step up and step up. So go onto their Instagram. Look at in, in their YouTube. Look at the new video that they have of the Heretic Four. They just put their Biak Green Tree Python in there. Um, completely bioactive. Um, has a um, I don't even know what to call it, but it, it has like one of those blue gallon, you know, large water things like under the enclosure that you can see. Oh, that was uh, it was set up for a Miss King. Yeah, so with a Miss King, and then um, has fans in there. Has several perches. Um, rock backgrounds, uh, and it's just like, I don't know, the epitome, like I would want to have that. Like I imagine myself, if I was ever rich and you walk into my house and you open the door and it's a long hallway in front of you, that's what I would want to be the first thing that someone sees when they enter my house. Like that's how beautiful that cage is. So I I hope they hear this part and maybe we'll just uh, uh, link it to them or something, but I've talked about tree monitors and wanting to own them forever. I got to talk to a ton of people at Arlington about uh, getting started and all that, but uh, they have an ascent that's, I believe, a four foot by three by six foot tall. I want that. I hate it. Lucas, the fact that those aren't in the mail right now makes me want to cry. I need to get the right type of... of Stuff to ship it in. I don't want it to bend. Get the bubbly mailers. So I, I, Nathan got those and I got one of these. <laughs> nice. Um, but I, I, this is my call to them because I, I love that enclosure so much that ascent. I think it's time that they make that front almost like that heretic before. I don't know if it's possible doing like a big bioactive substrate dam. If that, uh, material in the front is strong enough to hold that up. But I mean, they're doing a substrate dam in the heretic. No, dude, so. the, the, that stuff is laser cut like that. It, it's it's yeah. Well, I it's, know it's just a longer cage. It's four. Oh foot. yeah, yeah. Um, but but uh, that would be like hands. It, it already is my dream cage that ascent. But uh, I mean, with that finishing, how they have that heretic dialed in now. I mean, it it just set my mind spinning about what animals I'd throw in and how happy I'd be to just sit and stare at that thing all day. And that's where, my, that's, <laughs> that's where my heart keeps going with like, even just retakes. And then now getting, you know, my first, you know, Neo green tree Python. Thank you, Bill. Um, is like, yeah. Like when I see that, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it just brings like the endorphin, the, the, the serotonin, the dopamine, it just all shoots up and um it just feels amazing even with my rack that's bioactive 
just feels so much better um, than looking into just, uh, you know, and my enclosure, like you saw my enclosures, my enclosures are really good size. Um, I have decent size enclosures, animals that, um, you know, I have. Even pure... I'm, yeah, even, I mean, with what I've learned over the last couple of years, seeing other people's setups and everything, I'm redoing at least my hatchling racks before I have more babies on the ground this year. Definitely redoing my incubator, talking with people and just, you know, talking about different setups. So yeah, it's it just gives you ideas. And I mean, back to that cage, I mean, even though it had nothing in it, it pills, I found people staring at that thing more than cages with animals a lot of the time. Right. Um, and you know, I want to go back to a question you asked me, I didn't get the chance to answer, but you asked me what I thought of Heartland reptiles enclosure. Um, of Jordan's enclosure. I didn't get to like go into detail about what I think. Okay. But I, I, kinda... yeah, I, I would love to talk about it more because you know, I can yeah. talk about how I felt beforehand after and I that, saw it, everything. So, so I'm, I'm glad that you actually said that. So I wanted to make a disclaimer again. We just gave major props to, to focus cube and, and yes, they are our sponsor. We love them. But uh, I also just want to talk about Jordan who, who's a personal, like great friend of mine that, that was, uh, willing to put one of his cages in my hands to kind of trial and and go through and and see how it is, but well, I was I think they I was don't, they don't actually... really step on each other's toes. They they really oh yeah, it's a different market. Progress it's... the the enclosure industry forward without trying to be in the same space. Yeah, and I, I think I think it's great that we talk about both of them today. Yeah, um, but what's funny was I was going to actually ask you before I gave my opinion. I was going to ask you what your thoughts were about them because I know like you had some preconceived thoughts like before you saw them. Yeah. I think it's easy to, when, when you see something that's so off the, the beaten path that um, it just challenges your ideas of, you know, what the box for my reptile is going to be. Um, there were some insulation factors that, had crossed my mind that may be an issue and they're aluminum by the way yep just to throw that out there in case you're wondering like why insulation's a big deal <laughs> well and then insulation layer between there was an insulation layer between the top and bottom um that was great uh let's see uh, just edging and just places that an animal could potentially push was a giant thing for me um i think there was one lip around the shelf around the bottom edge of the shelf if i remember correctly that made me maybe just a little bit nervous um i would have to see pictures of it again but i i was kind of feeling around looking around when i was at the show um the... and, and and i would probably even preface you got to have a problematic yeah it would, it would have to be a problematic the... snake that was looking to push Right, that, that possibly... that's that's where my mind goes. Like, right, oh, if I because... have a destructive snake, how is it going to destroy itself on this cage? No, I, I'm the same way because I, I I faced that same issue with my uh, the Kaiwati that you saw. Um, you know, her first uh, from year one when she turned a year old from year one to year two. Um, yeah, she was just pushing relentlessly. Yeah, and I, I've had animals like that. I've worked with animals who in the past have been really bad pushers. So, you know, it, that's when I buy caging, that's a, a big concern of mine. Um, 
So what, what were your thoughts about it? I think that thing is going to be damn near indestructible. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Jordan have the same mindset of focus cubed and just keep pushing it, keep pushing it, keep pushing it. Oh, we're already talking about version two together. Yeah. So that's good. And I, 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 after meeting Jordan in person, I think he's that kind of person that would keep going for it. Uh, he's very mechanically inclined, you know, he's worked on his own diesel trucks. So I, I, I just think that he has the, the attitude where if there's a problem, he's going to find a better solution for it. Yeah. And these cages are just going to get better. But I mean, you saw, you saw pictures from the U S arc auction that we weren't able to stay from. They had people on top of it inside of it. Dude, they, let me, let me, he, he auctioned off a six footer. There was oh, someone that was an eight footer for some reason. Maybe it was the eight or six footer, maybe the eight footer, but sorry, Jordan. But there I think was, it was, I think you're right, but there was someone, there was someone laying on the floor on the inside. There was someone else laying on the shelf inside of the enclosure, a, a human being laying on the shelf inside of the enclosure and him and Phil, uh, president of us arc were standing on top of it like that four humans that, that, that cage was, um, and I will say I got it in my garage right now and. I have zero doubts that this is a type of enclosure that is going to literally last the lifetime of an animal. You buy one and that's the only cage that you will ever need for that snake. And um, now you can, you can customize them too. It doesn't have to just be that cage forever, which I love. Yeah. He has a way to add on more cages so you can get a playground. So four different animals can utilize that one playground. Right. It's insane. What, what he's, thinking uh in in regards to you know your six footer could then turn into a 12 footer by just buying another six footer opening up the square compartment and allowing the snake to have a uh access to a whole other enclosure that or just breeding purposes yeah exactly um so uh, which I'm, I'm sure that's some some things you've been talking with him about version two about making yeah. those dividers a little bit more easy to yeah, so Open, the close kind the of divider thing. which he already oh, well, no, had, no, no, he, he already does. Never he, mind. Yeah, he fixed that like and and had that ready for the show. That was like a last minute thing mm-hmm. that he did. But then I, he, I totally spaced it. He also, um, uh, version two, we're talking about adding a lip for like a substrate dam, because um, right now, yeah, it's, I remember it, you talking it, about it's that. It's pretty flat, but um, I'll give a, a full review of it. Um, you know, on my Instagram and we'll probably talk about it later on the podcast. I still don't have a snake in it. Cause like I said, I'm waiting for the Slayer to lay so I can then stack it on top and I got to move some stuff around. But um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they are solid lifetime indestructible. He's talking about having a five year written warranty on them. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for him and excited to see what he does with, with those cages. He's yeah. going to hate me for saying cages. Sorry, enclosures. Yeah, yeah, we don't. That, I've tried to steer away from saying that word. <laughs> I mean, they're boxes. Okay, good. Come on. Um, he's he he made a joke. He's like, uh, uh, he's like, is your house your cage? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and he's like, that's a depressing way to look at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I. No, we need to have him on to talk about it. Uh, one thing just being a metal cage that you know was a concern of mine back surgery old man uh how heavy, heavy is this freaking cage gonna be if i buy one the, I, li- I could 
you know, they're lighter you're, than you're my jungle cages. You're going to want a friend to lift it with you. It's still a big thing, but very manageable with two able-bodied person people. Yeah. Like, like I would say, oh, I want to, I wish I remembered the, the weight on his four stacks. Uh, but I would say the eight foot cage that we moved easily under a hundred pounds. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what the weight is for them. All I do know is my six foot jungle cages that are six inches shorter, um, are heavier. They're ABS plastic and they're heavier than his aluminum cages. That's good to know because I've definitely considered jungle cages just, I mean, you know, seeing as they're so close to me. Yeah, jungle cage. You know, jungle cages is, is has been my go to for large enclosures because they they are, the, you know, the way that he. Uh, well, and uh, I've seen those in person with Weston, but I I never got to see the the shelving that you came up with, and I, yeah. I think that shelving is pretty. You liked it, right? Pretty brilliant. I I, I don't know if you saw in the Retic Alliance or the Retic Nation, but someone just got a. a it looked like a jungle cage. Yeah, it was a jungle cage with the staggered the shelves. Staggered shelves. That was yeah. really cool. I would love that we, for like just, you know, rotating in a like display animal or something. Yeah, he he messaged me and he's like, "Hey, what enclosures?" And I talked him through jungle cages and he's like, "I want it to be three feet tall." And I said, "Dude, if you do three feet, get staggered, uh, get staggered shelves." And he he went with it. And out it, and it, it looks amazing. At the same time, that's a that's a great idea for your retics. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, this enclosure is something I'm super excited about with, with the, uh, strength durability lifetime type of mentality, because, you know, when you have a retic and you're buying it, it's permanent enclosure. I, I made the mistake in the past of buying, you know, other, I'm not going to say any brands, but buy another. I'll, I'll say brands. Like when I was getting into retics, I, well, when I was getting into larger snakes, I didn't necessarily know I was getting into retics. I thought originally I was getting into boas and you know back then doing a quick few google searches and watching some videos on youtube I came across uh Jeff Ron from Boa File and I love his cages but are they set up for the best environment for a retic or a super dwarf retic probably not so it's stuff that I want to upgrade over time and then you yeah. know, there's other brands that, yeah, they, they work great. They're the right size, the right specifications, but there's little things that would change. Yeah. I mean, and, and aside from just changing one thing that for me, like I, I bought four different PVC enclosures um, and, and not including focus cube, because that that's the one thing that I've been just like astronomically impressed with focus cube is the quality of the PVC that they use. But like the four other brands that I had used, um, the wear and tear over the two years that I kept them, I was like, you know, if I got an eight footer, you know, for this, this animal, um, and the wear and tear was the same, like I, I'm going to have to replace this at some point. And at the end of the day, if I'm buying, if I'm buying a, a, you know, a, a snake's final enclosure, um, or final size, I should say, like, I don't want to replace that. that. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And I mean, is that your cat in the background by the way yes (laughs) i I keep seeing you mute yourself and i hear your cat just meowing he's needy Uh... i I usually don't love my cats in the snake room but i know he wants me more than to antagonize the snakes so i'll i'll let him in yeah we can replay a little arlington 
<laughs> no, he he doesn't. I've never had an incident like that. My that was so I, funny. I had maybe one or two glass strikers over the years, but I, I come in and out of my room, and especially when they start getting in that glass strikey mentality, I wait till that dies down just even a little bit, and I open up their enclosure and I show them, hey, nothing's happening. Touch them with the hook and just yeah. let them sit for five minutes before I close the enclosure back up and it's always kind of broken that mentality unless yeah. they're super, super hungry, like cycling for breeding, that kind of thing, then maybe I'll get a glass strike. Yeah. There's every, I don't know, probably a couple times in the, like I go into my, my, you know, garage where my snakes are every day of the week, multiple times a day. And I, I, I I'd probably say like two or three times when I walk in, depending if I continue going straight or I bust a right, I at least hear one smack. Uh, it's typically a turnate. <laughs> what, yeah, I mean, I I can imagine with the the attitudes on those. I mean, the the Kalatoa stuff, especially. It's not. It's not even multi generation captive bred. It's yeah, they're, they're just pretty easy to work. And it's it's really not even the attitude because they're fairly pleasant to to work with, but they're they're just food response is like a whole different level. I um, can't I can't wait to see those in in the future, ten years down the road, see if they're you know, a lot more manageable in terms of their, just their excitedness, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and most of what's in my garage is F1. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not very far removed. Do you know, uh, where Phil's, uh, home is, is that F1, F2? F1. Yeah. There, there yeah. have not been F2 home hairs ever produced. Okay. See, I, yeah, we, we, we only have one pair of wild calatoas. Right? Yeah, there are calatoas. We only have one wild caught pair of Halma hares in the country, and I think three clutches have been produced. Okay. Yeah, I think it was 2018, 2020, and 2022. And that's when the old NBC commercial, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely, it's definitely bottleneck. I definitely think that people are going to. Is it as bad as, uh, you know, like uh, Tambalongan or? Um, I mean, so Tambalongan, everything that you can breed with Tambalongan is going to be related. Same with Halmahera. Same okay. with same with Mindanao Philippines. Um, and are are okay. Oh. This is totally like sidetrack discussion, oh. but are Halmas? Are Halmas and Philippines similar enough in color and like pattern distribution where you'd maybe want to outcross the two, make Hold 50 50s? You saw my Halmas and how dark they were, right? Yes. Okay. The the one the 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 one snake that you held. Do you remember the snake that you held? The super gold and yellow and silver. Was that a Halm? No, that that was a Philippine. That that was a, a Phil Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, his name was Phil, right? Phil, right? So yeah. that that 5-year-old manageable size animal that I'm feeding like a tank and I mean, do you remember his color spectrum? Yeah, he was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and but I would like, say he's about the size of my breeder 75% Kalatoa female, uh the smaller one. About 9 9 foot and pretty slender bodied maybe 15 20 pounds right no he's no no, no. he's even he, smaller than that yeah he's probably about eight um okay. and he's super lean um he's probably 12 I mean, pounds i mean that girl is super lean too but i haven't seen her but but yeah i mean no drastically you, difference you the would colors. be blown away like 
now I know how special she is just having another, uh, si- not sibling, but cousin of hers, another 75%, 12.5% Jampea. She's got another foot, easy foot and a half, and another, like, girth is totally different. Like, oh, yeah. I got so lucky on that, how, how small that purple is. I, I will say that if there's any two localities to take together, like with considering one of them is Helma Herod to take together to uh, make a similar looking animal, uh, it, it definitely would be Ternate. Uh, you know, Ternate and so, Helma Herod. They're they're both. So this is where I go region. back to our 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 Shane Costello episode though, and talk about maybe just you know breeding for attitude a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean so you can may, maybe run. I, I mean Phil's a boy. Run him, run him to a turn eight. Run him to a, a Hall Mahara. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm I'm curious to see how that works. Um, I that's that has crossed my mind, um, but definitely not at the forefront. But now that you're saying it, and we're kind of I'm digesting it a little bit. It definitely. I mean, I want to do Philippine Hall Mahara, Philippine turn eight. Um, but I mean, if you were able to get both of those in a year and just as an experiment, see how the babies are in terms of just socialization. You, you got to, yeah. I mean, I, that's funny that I, I forgot. He isn't, uh, he's just for an F one, um, just super sweet. And yeah, he was cool. like, um, opened up the, the, the rack and got him. I mean, not even flying out of the rack. No, nothing just kind of sat there and was like, what's up? <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. I definitely like Philippines more than Halmaheras or Turnates right. just based on personality. Right. Um, and again, the female was in shed when you were here, but she. Well, I thought I thought my little tiny tiger girl was huffing and puffing, and then Sean goes, "No, it's just the Turnate in shed. He just huffs and <laughs> yeah. puffs all the time." Yeah. Whenever he goes into shed, um, you'll you'll hear a huff and puff every once in a while. Um, I was like, "There's no way this tiny little girl is making that noise." No, no, no. Um, but yeah, speaking of that, uh, and, and maybe this will be kind of like a, a wrap up topic and conversation, but um, how awesome is it getting to see your your production? You got to see your your golden child at, at Phil's. I got to see my Calato. I, I get I, I get to got see, a kiss. It was I know. Great. Yeah, she she that was nice, dude. Your your little ah. <laughs> while we were it's the best dude i told you i'm a wimp when it comes to getting bit now you guys just have proof no i'm um, the same way and i mean like i said i don't love promoting bites on camera so i'm lucky that we blocked out her cage with uh the, so the couch that day yeah and uh you know you just got to see me wince back in pain but no she's <laughs> she was great and it, it like i told lucas like i told phil uh, Phil's very confident in his animals and he just, you know, handles them a little bit differently than I do. And he's like, I, oh, yeah, just, I tap her on the head and then I grab her no matter where she's at. So I was like, okay, well, if he does that, I'm going to do that. So I tap her on the head and she's still giving like defenses, still curious, like poses to me. And I'm like, ah, Phil trusts her so much. I'm going to reach in. And then, yeah, I got nabbed. Boom. But no, I mean... A little I'm bit spo- of little bit of FOMO seeing that golden child girl, but it I also tell you, gave I tell me you, like, I, I tell you at least once a month that, that that was the one that got away. Well, and I think anyone who was associated with that breeding, uh, selling that, like reach out reptiles gets messages about that animal 
constantly still that was an animal produced two years ago uh it's my favorite golden child i've ever seen and you know as sad as i am that it's not in my house right now um especially with the gene stacked animals that i kept from that clutch and seeing that everyone has an animal that looks like that if you just have a four gene <laughs> phenotype animal just right. browns out has a stripe down the back like uh you know golden child's tough man golden child is tough but i i truly believe that golden child with the rosettes down the down the side really dark being annery like was just the perfect animal i i even think uh there, there's sunfire in that breeding and i think they lucked out and got an animal that also has sunfire because you see that rosette by they, uh, you mean Phil? Y- Phil? Huh? By they, you mean, I mean, not Phil and Melissa, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. That There's the they. Okay, true. Yeah. So they, they lucked out by by getting an animal that also had, I, I believe they'd have to prove it out, but I, I believe it has sunfire because the last third of that tail just cleans out and the rosettes disappear. Yeah. Um, And I will say this, Golden Child has been, one of my favorite codoms forever and i just get um, to make it better and smaller this time is what i told them right and i i have man there are golden childs that just like when you see the right one it just hits you it hits you different and um because you can you, you know a lot of golden childs now you'll see they don't have the rosettes and they're kind of a solid color with the the, the brown you know goldish head and um, you, the annery and, darkening it up or the motley darkening it up is absolutely necessary. And I, I think that, that like, when I say that it's like one of my favorite codoms, when I talk about like that animal at Phil's and Melissa's, um, it's, it, that's one of those golden childs that hits me in that way. Yeah. Uh, I would I never mean, breed golden child cause I'm not like a morph person, but if, if, if you produced another one that looked like that, I would get it as a pet. Speaking of, did you see that super golden child that popped up on the forums that has been living for a while? I don't want to talk about that. I got a, <laughs> I, I got a, we'll, I, we'll talk about it after. I, I got a buddy who bought a snake from me who's local. He lives in Austin. Um, and, uh, unfortunately paid a ridiculous amount of money for a super golden child from someone that, I don't know. I feel like should know better to not sell. And, and they showed me a video and they came, they even came over to show me the emails and back and forth. And, and I kind of just, I, I was like, dude, if you can, you know, get credit back to get another animal from them, send that animal back, you know, that animal's probably not going to live, you know, past five to six years. Now, don't get me wrong. Some, some can live yeah. longer, but it's kind of like the Jaguar thing. I don't or black eyed Lucy thing. Right. It's, it's one of those things where like the, it, it has it, even if it's a low expression of a neurological issue, whatever the case may be, it has it, which you have to just make the assumption that it's going to have a shortened lifespan. And, and even if you don't plan to breed and you want a pet, why are you going to spend $1,500 on a pet that's going to last half as long as, you know, a motley golden child? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's ways to get pretty close to the animal you want, you know, leucistics, there's stronger leucistics, you know. Yeah, super fanners. In terms of pattern changing morphs, ocelot, in term, you know, I'd choose an ocelot over a jag any day. Uh, but... Yeah. Did we t- did we uh, did mean, we take out the ocelot? Huh? No, we didn't. 
What was he in Shed too? No, he, he, he was wasn't in Shed. In Shed. I, I, I like I we love Ocelot, and you know I'd seen a lot of Ocelot that weekend, so I don't think it was like the first thing that I was That's just right. like. I, I love it. And I think I'm excited more about Ocelot and just the future of Ocelot and some of the little two codom uh, combos that we can see and, you know, some of the recessive stuff piled on top of it in smaller snakes. That's that's what's going to excite me with uh, Ocelot down the road. Right. Um, I love that you have him because I know that your intentions with him are along those lines. But yeah, back to you know, getting to see those two animals of mine for the, the first time since they've made it to their new homes, even though that tiger girl only made it, what, a month or two before coming out to Arlington? Yep. Uh, I didn't think it would hit me that hard. Like, I, I knew I'd be excited to see them, and it was something I was excited about going into the trip, but um, when I saw that Annery Golden Child the first night and took her out it was like it was almost as good if not better than hatching out my first animals it's it's a really cool experience and i'm a little spoiled because i've been to arlington now four in a row and so i've gotten to go and see my kalatoa that that phil has multiple times but even to this day that i mean you you saw the moment we went upstairs what was the first thing that i did yeah I went and got her out. <laughs> well, that was like the second animal that I saw. I was like, where's uh, one of Lucas's? Yeah. So you weren't there yet. I had to have some connection. I was like, all right, he produced this. That's cool. I can hold it right. in my hands now. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the first thing I do every single time I get to his place. It's something that I'm always excited to to do. And hopefully for anybody else that, you know, has bought one of my animals, I get to, to meet you guys and, and get to see those animals someday again, because it, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's up there. What's up, cat? <laughs> um uh she's just validating the emotions right now um but yeah it's just it it is just as close as as you know getting to hatch out animals and and i don't know for those of you that have been breeding for a long time that watch this you know if we sound cheesy and corny like that's still new to us leave us alone it, it it's <laughs> just like I've, I've said it and haven't said it in in a while but it just adds a little fuel to our fire every time that we get to see stuff like that or you know it's the same thing when we get a new patreon member or anything like that it's just validating that what we're doing like ultimately is it's halfway going somewhere good yeah <laughs> yeah like um speaking on that note um to kind of uh i, I want to introduce um you know next week's episode after you guys are watching this, our next episode is going to be the first segment of something that we plan to do kind of roughly once a month or once every, you know, definitely five, six weeks or something. But we are going to be uh, starting a new segment called TikTok. And no, not TikTok like social media, like re-TikTok. Um, and we're going to be having on one of our Patreon members to do that with us, um, Kagan Andrew. Um, who is probably a bigger geek than we are when it comes to reptiles in general. And she's just a wealth of knowledge and has great energy. Uh, so we'll be having her on periodically to do this TikTok where we're just going to talk about what we got going on, what's going on in the community, um, you know, and, and even just, you know, advancing what we're doing. And honestly, I think it's an opportunity that the three of us, I think are going to be able to sit down and bounce ideas off of each other and, and get inspired and motivated and, 
Do and, good stuff. and maybe we'll just, you know, sit back, have some drinks and have a good time. It'll be like yeah. the, the protect our parks of, uh, the, the <laughs> reptile world. And I'm, I'm fine with that. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All Lucas, right. anything else, uh, to wrap up kind of, you know, we, we, we kind of talked about just shooting the shit tonight and not making it another Arlington episode, but I think we just had so much to unpack from that weekend that it ended up being an Arlington episode. Yeah, but at the very least, we got to talk in depth about different type of enclosures. We kind of talked about naturalistic setups. We we talked about uh, our own productions. And, and I, I think what I really loved about this episode is we got to just talk about the people we love in the community and just, I don't know, it was a, it was a feel-good episode to be able to just have a good discussion about, you know, people that we appreciate. Well, yeah. And I think ultimately as this podcast progresses, I mean, we see what NPR does and, you know, just podcasts that are successful in, in many other industries, you know, after they've been around for a while, they start just talking, chatting. Yeah, we can't, yeah, we, we've done, there's, we've there's done only a lot so of much educational content and I'm sure there's going to be stuff that pops up and that you guys are going to want some right. clarification on still shoot those in the comments still still talk to us about it because that's stuff that we love creating but i mean i'm excited to just see how this starts progressing with just us you know talking as professionals in this industry every week without a, right. a big game plan or agenda to knock out yeah there's there's only so much educational content without just you know beating a dead horse. And so we're going to start getting into year two is going to be, uh, I think a great year for us. Um, just, I think we're going to have to get vulnerable. Oh, oh shit. man. I'm a therapist. I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an introvert. I hate that shit. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next Friday. And, uh, for you, Patreon members, we'll see you at the zoom meeting. All right. See you guys.